ahead and turn in our Bibles. If you've got the, the app, you can go to the app and, and look into the notes today with us. But we're going to look at Psalm 112. And since you've been standing for so long, I'm not going to ask you to stand up again. But I do want you to read the scripture with me. We actually kind of uh, really just kind of dissected this scripture last week in its meaning and its content. And I won't do that with you today. Uh, but I do want us to read it to get it into our hearts and our spirits. Let's start in verse 5. Ready? Let's read. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. And, uh, you know, last week we talked about eternity. Um, guys, I kind of got a ring up here that's like ooh, in my ear. I know you're working on it. It's not an easy job. Um, but we focused on eternity. And we focus on how to be driven by eternity last week. And uh, we said that really there's two parts to your life. The part you live here and the part you're going to live over there in eternity. And the thing is, we spend a lot of attention on the here, but the majority of your life is going to be in eternity with, with God. And, you know, leading and fulfilling and doing things. This is just a blip of what time is. And we're so shallow to think this is all there is and... And uh, there's so much in Scripture to talk to us about the next life, the next step, the next future. And, and if we just were willing to open up our hearts to some of that, we have to ask a question and, and maybe realize there'll be a question asked to all of us. Matter of fact, there's two questions that are going to be asked to, of all of us, according to the Scriptures. The Scripture we opened up with last week was Romans chapter 14, verse 12. It says, so then each of us will give an account to, of himself to God. And so we looked at that and we found out that there really is two judgments coming to every individual. Two, uh, and to make that more palatable, we said two questions, two test questions. And everybody likes to have the answer to the test before you take the test. Remember we said some of that? And uh, there's, a, there's a, a question that will come that, uh, I just lost sound. There's a question that will come from God the Father that will determine or hopefully you've answered the question of that eternity. And then there's a question that will be asked basically from Jesus when he returns. Here's the first question. Here's what we looked at. Everybody's going to have your day in court, per se. If you've never been to court, you've been a good person all your life, you're going to, eventually you're going to get to court. <laughs> I'm glad some of us have already had an experience of that, so we don't have to be concerned about that too much. Uh, we won't be a shock to some of us, maybe. <laughs> Sorry, digging back in my past. That's erased, remember? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Here's the question. What did you do with my son Jesus? That's what God, Father, Father God will be asking you. What did you do with my son Jesus? And I answered that for you last week. And, and basically what he's saying is, what did you do? I sent him to pay for your sins. Why are you trying to pay for them? Accept him, welcome him so he can pay for your sins. And, and then he starts looking through the, the book of your life and he can't find your name or anything about your life prior to Jesus. And he looks and, and they look up and said, uh, let's check the other book, Father. He looked and they see your name in that book. That's where your name is in that book. You see, the moment Jesus came into your life, what did you do with Jesus? The moment Jesus came into your life, you erased one book of your past and you begin writing the purpose of your life in the new book with Christ in your life. And now your name is written in the book. That's the first question, first test. 
And then the second question that will come to all of us, and we're going to hit on this a little bit more today, what did you do with what I gave you? You see, when Jesus returns, we found out that he's going to be bringing rewards from heaven. Oh, you can listen to this next, last week. But what did you do with your time, with your talents, and your treasures? What, where, what did, you, did you waste them? Did you give attention to them? Did you understand how important they are, how important you are? And the right answer is very simple. And I gave you the answer to the death. I gave my life away. And we've got to know what that looks like. Why? Because how you live on this earth really matters. I wrote some things down. It's all, before Jesus, it's all about finding Jesus. It's all about seeing your sins paid for once and for all and racing that book. And then I got him in my life. I'm in the book. But after that, after Jesus, it's all about making a difference in life. And we get narrow-minded thinking about just our individual life. Good, I'm glad you do. And he's just as interested in it as you are. But he also wants to help you transition from that. Maybe take another level of life and think about an eternity thought behind it. That you know what? Eternity is dependent upon you, not him. Eternity is dependent on others, on you, and not him. He already did what was necessary. Now we've got to bring people to the table to introduce them to erasing get the name in, and it just continues on from there. Amen? So we talked about that a whole lot last week. But I want to come back to this question of what did you do with your life? What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with your time and talents and treasures? And, and I don't want to leave you hanging there and leave you with question. I want to show you how. I want to show you maybe, maybe, maybe some broader answers to the question. And I'll just give you three things. Number one, I'm standing before God, and this is what it would maybe kind of look like. And, and, and I, here, here's, here's how I leave legacy. Here's how I leave the who behind. I, I, I share Jesus intentionally so that it would be known that I share Jesus intentionally. So number one, living a life of legacy, that's the title of today. I'm living a life of legacy on this earth, how? By I'm sharing Jesus intentionally so that it'll be known that I shared Jesus intentionally. Here's the scripture to back that up. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Now listen, we've got sharing Jesus defined religiously by it has to happen in a church and at the altar and make people feel uncomfortable. And, and just put people on the spot, raise your hand. I get it. If you're not willing to confess me before man, I'll never confess you before my father. That's what everybody throws out. But do you realize that the majority of Jesus being shared happens where you walk daily? It happens on the job. It happens on the phone call. It happens in the car, riding down the road, giving somebody a ride to work. It happens on the bus as the bus driver. It happens, it, it happens on Facebook. Instead of writing about your life on Facebook, why don't we witness with Facebook? Instead of sending all of, your, uh, all of our personal, um, you know, God quotes, you know, brilliant quotes on Instagram. Why don't we share a quote that, hey, Jesus loves you or something like that. But that'd be too lame. We don't want to do it. We want to do it differently. I don't care how you do it, but number one question, what did you do with your life, with your time, your talents, and your treasures? Did you share Jesus so it will be known that you did? And you're doing it every day by how you live. It's not just this one-on-one. Have you confessed Jesus? Do you know you're going to hell if you don't? They know that already. 
Number two, how do I live a life, a legacy on this earth? Number two, I will intentionally serve others so that it's known that I serve others while I was there. <laughs> serve others. You know what? It's, it's, the thing about serving others, it's, it's, it's never convenient. Oh, we want to make it serving others, but it's never really convenient. Serving others is just being unconditional enough that, you know what? You need me, I'm there. You know what? Hey, you call me, I'm coming. All right? You call me at 2 in the morning, guess what? My baby's got to get up for school tomorrow morning, but you know what? I'll give, i got 30 minutes, I'll be there, and I'll be there in 5, I'll give you 30, I've got to go back home, but I'm going to give you some time. It's serving others. Serving others happens in the church. Serving others happens on the job. I'm going to show you some ways that you're doing that here in a few minutes, but number two, living a life of legacy, I'm not only sharing Jesus with my life, because it matters, I'm also living, what am I doing? I'm serving others unconditionally because Others need me, what I have to help them. And I'm convinced that a lot of people don't think, don't, maybe, maybe I can interpret it this way. I'm convinced that a lot of people don't see the value of themselves enough to think that they have something to give. And, and hopefully that gets changed here at Coastal because you got value, man. Number three, how do I live a life of legacy? <clears throat> First, let me read you a scripture to that. Can I do that? about serving others. Matthew 20, 26 through 28, the NIV. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did, not to come to be served, but to serve. And he gave his life a ransom for many. What did you do with my son Jesus? What did you do with what I gave you? Number three. I will give intentionally what I have so it will be known that I gave intentionally what I had. I want you to read this scripture before I share some things with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, excuse me, verse 11, NIV. I will give intentionally so it will be known that I gave intentionally. 2 Corinthians 9, you will be made rich in every way. Guys, I, I don't know if we're aware of this, but do you realize we're rich Everyone in this room, if you live in America, you are rich. I had a conversation with a boy on the way out that went to Nicaragua this summer for a couple of weeks. And you know what? The, I was waiting for him to tell me about his surfing story, about how he, how his, his fun. You know what he told me? He, the first thing, he might be doing it because I'm a pastor. Who knows? But you know what he said? I realize how much I have and how much people around the world don't have. You live in America, you're rich. You might not like your life the way it is. I get that. And it might be really shaking and going crazy right now. But you can have something secure in the middle of the shaking. And that would be this Jesus that we love. And there are some things that we can do to pull out of the past that we were in. And stop revisiting it and living it and move and live forward. <clears throat> Listen to the rest of this. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So in other words, I want to take of my time. How do I live this life? I want to take of my time, take of my talent, take of my treasure. And I want to, for this, for better way of explaining it, I want to find a cause. I want to find a place. Maybe it's a church. But I'm intentionally looking for somewhere to give my life. Because now life is not just about me. It's about making a difference. And if we're not intentional about it, you'll just live life 
And it's okay. I don't want to put so much pressure on the do part because I believe everything, I believe what happens is when Jesus comes in, your will starts to move in that direction. He starts to move you in the will of Him. And, and we, you know, our song we just sang, I love it, it's great, but I want to be careful that we're not so sorry minded that we become sorry. And forget that you are valuable to God, distinct in who you are, made specifically in what you are, looks, colors, and everything. Now, if you put on a little weight, he didn't put that on. You put that on yourself. <laughs> you took too much off because of depression. I don't know. Oh, that's part of our responsibility. I get that. But do you realize the you that lives in eternity was God-given and God-breathed into? Uh, I'm going to give my life. What does that look like? Uh, I wrote some things down. Time, effort, talent, skills, ideas. Man, quit leaving it up to just two or three people to have the idea of what to do next. And so many of us sit on uh, Tiffany's brother, believe it or not. Anybody remember the pumps, Jordans? Pump them up, Jordan. Anybody remember that? That's a long time ago. Air Jordans, that's where the air come from. Pump you up. <laughs> You'll get to meet her brother here in a few weeks, but he had that idea before they were invented. Playing basketball, he says, you know, it'd be good. Instead of having to wrap my foot up, I can make a shoe that you could pump air into it, and it'd be supported. And I'm like, you missed it. <laughs> Ideas, you got them. What did you do with what I gave you? Did you sit on it or do something with it? <laughs> I'm going to give my life away. You know, kind of transition from some of that. You know, you, you're going to, we're going to share Jesus. We're going to serve others. And we give our life away. It makes me think about, I love the season that we're in right now as a church. You, you might not put it all in that one package maybe like I do, but, but you know what? Beginning, and this is, this is really a legacy season where we get outside of these four walls that, that we all spend so much time as a family in, but you, you're expanding out beyond these walls from August till Christmas pretty much the whole time. In August, we come on and we get on board with, with uh, the backpack, shoe drive, gift cards, and you sew towards that, and we give those gift cards out to the teachers, and we start giving outside. We're giving legacy away. You see, what are we doing? We are sharing Jesus, we are serving others, and we're giving away our treasure. And then we just had here a couple weeks ago, man, if you missed it, I, I get it, life's busy, but, but we had at the movies, and at the movies is a way that we take a message of Jesus and per, package it in a much different way than maybe what you're used to of this, and we interpret a story through the eyes of maybe something someone can relate to and present Jesus, we serve them, and we give of treasure to people that way. We're out of these walls, living legacy. And then just in a couple of weeks, you might not be aware of this, uh, what you've been doing for many, many years, but in the past three years, what you have been able to do with your serving, with your sharing, and giving of treasure, you have sponsored, supported financially, all of it, reaching three to 4,000 people at Children's Fest at Halloween night. We don't charge a dime for anybody to come. Not a dime. And it's not cheap. 
But you do that. You see, you're already sharing Jesus and serving others and sharing of your treasure, and you may not even be aware of how much you're doing. So skip right along with me. I love it. The season's powerful. It's the season of giving. What do I like about it? Because we're doing this legacy living. Here, uh, what is it? Thanksgiving comes up next. You know what you do? You know what we do? We give meals, Thanksgiving meals, to policemen, firemen, EMS, all of them. The how the unit, not all members. <laughs> the unit. We go to Duck, Kitty Hawk, Manio. We haven't got the stumping point yet. I'm not sure if they have one. Um, Nags head, we get them all. We take them a meal for Thanksgiving. Guess what? Other people are doing it. So what? The more the merrier. But it's a season that I love because we're actually living legacy outside of the four walls. And then what comes up next after that? It's really cool. You might not package it like I do. You might not see it as big as I do. You might not see the season of scope that, I'm, that we're in. But our children's drama program comes up here. And people love to come out to see their kids. They might not never come to church, but they'll come see their crazy kids. <laughs> they love to see their kids. They love to see the moms that have their kids. Nothing missing. I mean, we're talking, they are dressed Christmas to the hill. And they make the biggest fool of themselves up here. <laughs> Kids, but you know what? What are you doing? What are you doing? You are sharing Jesus. You are serving others. And you're giving of your treasure to make a difference of legacy extended. So that when I'm gone, they'll know that you did. And when you think about this and how powerful, it made me think of Acts chapter 20, verse 35. In your app, you might see some more verses. But just focus on the one verse here with me, verse 35. You'll not likely go wrong here if you keep remembering that our master said, you're far happier than giving and than getting. And I said here a few minutes ago that maybe you don't like where life is right now, and, 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 and that's really kind of a weight, and life brings stuff like that to us sometimes. But can I challenge you? Maybe find an area of generosity that you can get involved in and I guarantee you with everything within me that you'll be a lot happier I'm not saying the problem will totally go away but you sure won't let that problem define you you sure won't let that define you anymore because you'll be stepping out into a place where legacy is being driven now here's something I want to share with you because uh, uh, can I give you this quote I don't think I said this first service Winston Churchill this was very good we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And it made me think of, you know what, this is kind of all for us as a family. It starts right here. I get it. we got our own lives going on. But for Coastal, for a family, it starts right here. This is, this is the hub of what we're doing. This is, this is kind of where we're making all of that happen. It starts here. We're growing. We're growing in God and, and learning how to be, you know, maybe live life a little better, a little stronger, and all of those things, and see the victories in our life. But it, the, all that other stuff kind of starts here. Listen to this scripture. Psalm 92, verse 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall, be, they shall still bear fruit in their old age, Frank. They shall be fresh and flourishing. So in your old age, 
Your old age at that point in life, wherever you define that comes to you, it's amazing to me how many people define old age at 50. <laughs> oh, you're on the other side now. I'm like, come on, man, I got 30 years at least to go. What are you talking about? Yeah, but you've lived over half your life. Come on. If I plant in the house of God, if I put my roots into something that's going to be maybe stretching me beyond what I'm thinking, <laughs> the Bible says I'm going to be fresh and flourishing. You see, here's why we give. And I want to help you here. I just want to bring some understanding something. Here's why we give. Here's why we are living those three areas. Here's why we're leaving that legacy. Here's why as a family it works. Because you know what? We're in covenant with God. And we're in covenant with each other. It's kind of how God planned it. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. But you see, God kind of planned this thing to bring us together. Because we're a lot better with others in our team or so. Or in, in our family than we are doing some things alone. And when I thought about that, I looked at it this way. He's designed it in a way that there's, if you fall, there's someone to pick you up. If that person falls, there's somebody to pick me up. So the vision never stops. Now, church gets bigger, and, and, and this thing called, it's really called church. But here's what happens. You see, the enemy, is the devil, is very much aware of this. Because he knows it will help you fulfill your potential. And if there's no planning into a church body, your potential will be limited in its fulfillment. It, because it, it actually brings a little bit of accountability. If you're in church, you know, I, when I, I worked on a farm, believe it or not, for a whole, whole summer when I was you know, 14, 13, 14 years old. And I'll never forget some of the experiences I had at going to church. It was a traditional church. I'm not going to tell you the denomination. Just think farmer and put it in the package. <laughs> Man, I got the revelation of what it meant, church on Sunday and cussing on Monday. <laughs> There's accountability on Sunday morning and in a local church that just might help us on the Monday morning to what? Share Jesus. <laughs> serve others and be willing to give your treasure away because it's not about me anymore. It's about a greater legacy to be lived. And see, the enemy knows exactly what's happening. If he can get us into strife, get us divided, get us race against race, the scripture calls it race against race, but it's really defined as people groups against people groups. And the Bible says, as you see that day approaching, all the more gather together, more come together in groups, not small clicky groups, come together in groups. Why? Because the Bible is very clear that when we're in unity together, we make much power available for the kingdom of God. And so my point is, until that place of yourself lands into a location... Now listen, it doesn't have to be here. Okay? Listen, there's, there's a lot of church, there's a lot of uh, expressions of church on the Outer Banks that fit everybody's taste. And if this one doesn't fit taste, guess what? Find one and land in it because you won't be fulfilled until you do. Amen. But what's happened is it's, he pulls this together and makes all of these facets of church because it's part of the big thing called the global church. It's about really just spreading this, this thing called the, the kingdom of God. 
And I started thinking about this, and, and, and I started thinking about you, and I've been doing a lot of thinking this week. Well, some of you don't know the story of Pastor Tiffany and I. Now, I just found out two days ago that it's Pastor Appreciation Month, day or week or something like that. And, and so this was before that. So please don't take this as if I'm trying to, to almost stroke you. I'm not trying to do that. But I want you to know something. Fourteen years ago, my wife and I and our two kids, we were in a great place, phenomenal place. Great job, pastoring, what we felt called to do. Was there for 13 years in that one location. Amazing house. I didn't want to ever get rid of that house. It's a phenomenal house. I had memories in that house. When I go back to Ohio now, what do I do? Now, this is my hometown. I grew up here, but that was home for 17 years. And what do I do? When I go back to that home, when I go back to, what do you think I do? I drive through the neighborhood of my house. Because I can see it, I can smell it, I can taste it. My family was there, my in-laws lived there. Now they live with me majority of the time. A lot of things happened for us there that was, that was awesome. And then God called and called us here. I never wanted to come back to my hometown because there was too many pages in the book that people remembered. Now, Jesus doesn't remember that book, but people do. And I thought it would be a hindrance to, to me doing what I do. I thought I would be judged according to that. And I found out that people actually accept me more because of that, accept us because more of that, because I understand you. I understand that in Kerala, it's not the same world as it is in Wanchi's, Stumpy Point. Manio. And there's a lot in between all of that. There's a lot in between bridge to bridge. And God called us back. And I didn't realize until this series, actually, how important it was. How important you were to me personally. How much I needed you as a family as much as I thought I was bringing something to you. Your life in my life is covenant now it's family and it, you know if you don't like me I'm sorry I'm not going anywhere until unless you tell me to I love you too much I love the one of the first times I ever met Mike Johnson one of the times that really changed my life forever was on a Wednesday night we used to have Wednesday night church and he was a commissioner commissioner that means you've got power and he shows up to church on a Wednesday night barefoot felt like diesel fuel but I understood why. You see, the voice that I have is the same voice that you have. We're in covenant together. And I just want you to see that part of the story that, that I have kind of follows this pattern of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. None of us are as good as all of us together. And the moment we start putting a stamp on coastal being one or two people, we're missing it. It's a covenant family that understands that sharing Jesus is vital, that serving others is vital, and giving of our time and of our treasure and our talents and our ideas and our skills and abilities in your workplace. You're not called the pastor. I get it. And you don't ever maybe want to, but I do. It's what I love to do. 
Just like you are in your career, your facet of life, and what you're called to do. Stay at home mom, stay at home dad. I don't care. Define life who you are. That call is distinctly divine, designed for you. But the moment you step outside of group of people, you get out there to where you can get destroyed. And you'll realize that the accountability that's necessary for all of us in our life comes in that covenant relationship with people. Now, you know, I said to you that this kind of all started with here in our hub. And about three months ago, three months ago, we, we made, well, a few months ago, we made a decision. But three months ago, we purchased this building. We made it ours, made it our home. So we can do these generational legacies. So you can see what you saw two months ago. So that you can see what you saw two weeks ago. We, we got on board to make this thing really ours. And can I be transparent with you as, as pastor, as family, as covenant, as relationship, as, as this? I'm just going to be very upfront with you. I asked the team if we could do it and I could allow it to be in this, this series. Just a personal, I want to pay it off. When we pay this thing off in five years or less, thank you, Frank. He corrected me yesterday. When we pay this thing off in five years or less, do you know what we save? I'm a numbers guy. I like numbers. I like percentages. Two million dollars. Save. That, that means we share Jesus. We serve others. We give more of the treasure to where it's supposed to be instead of to someone just because it's part of the deal. And I did some more numbers, and I asked them to put this together. In just a few weeks, I'm not asking you to do anything today. It's not my point. You may have got this when you came in. If you don't, get one on the way out. I broke something down. All of us coming together, do you realize what this, to do something like that in that amount of time, all it really equals out to is about $100,000, $200,000 a year that we do as a family. That's it. And you pay it off in five years. Here's what I'm asking. I'm asking you, do you believe in the vision? Do you believe in the legacy? Do you believe in what you're, what, what you're called to do? You don't have to. But if you do, my thought is, when we come on board and we get ready to do that, and we actually pay this thing off, we'll be able to look back and see what we've done. We'll be able to look back, and your generation of your kids will be the ones that will reap the result of what we do now. So I'm asking you to do this. Just pray. Just ask God. Would he want to do something through me? No pressure. You'll never have me stand up here and beg you. You'll never have me stand up here and coerce you. I'll never play on your emotions just to get you to serve or do something like that. I don't have to. Because I believe in the hearts of people when they're, when they're invested in something. They'll, they'll just do what, what, what their heart moves them to do. Just pray. In a couple weeks, we'll step into a place. Maybe we'll commit to doing that. Next week, I don't want you to miss next week's service. I asked some people to share. Sit up here. We're going to share with them. When we started pursuing this, this, the first phase of purchase, they made the largest donation into this church that anybody has ever made for the building only. They gave $100,000 towards it. Immediately, I realized these folks think a little bit differently maybe than most of us. They didn't think twice about it. They, they sold $100,000. The church I came from in Ohio, they sold $50,000. And 
And I'm thinking, you know what, man? These people are outside of us, and they're investing in us. You've all invested what you're doing. We just need to move on and get it done. And don't waste time on it anymore. I want to share a scripture with you. Look at this with me before I walk out today. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I think in your app it says down to verse 20, but I'm only going to go through verse 14. I want you to read this with me. Because I really believe that this is kind of how God's talking to all, all of us at this moment. I love how it starts. He says, so here's what I think. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot. But I believe that this is really God saying something to all of us. The best thing you can do right now is finish what you started last year and not let loose good intentions grow stale. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish it up, so go to it. It's just a different translation, guys. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. The heart regulates the hands. This isn't so others can take it easy while you sweat it out. No, you're shoulder to shoulder with them all the way. You're surplus matching their deficit, their surplus matching your deficit. In the end, you come out even. Why? Because you've been living a life of legacy. Matthew 10, verse 8, last verse. You've been treated generously, so live generously. So you got this. Take the time to pray about it, think about it. The point I want to leave you with. Am I going to be able to answer those two questions with Jesus in my life? I believe most of you are. Maybe there's somebody here you never have. You've never been introduced to that. You'll get an opportunity here in a few minutes. But the big question I want to leave us with today is what did we do with what he gave us? Your time, your talent, your treasures, your ideas, your skills, your abilities, who you are, who God made you to be. Did you find a cause? Did you find a place? Church, did you find something to place value of you that you value yourself enough investing in something because God is waiting for you to do it? You do that, you'll be sharing Jesus. <laughs> you will be serving others. And you'll make a difference because your legacy will be known. I'll see you next week.